Story number one, Pretty Little Death Worlders, written by Gifted Earth. Van Vale of the First House of the Strictec Great Herod of Scientific Ambassador to the Stellar League knew that this was going to be the most important conference of his entire life. All eyes were on him, one representative from each of the ten other FTL-capable braces was seated, more or less around the large conference table. He stood at the head, which had a speaking lectern it built into it, and a large data screen behind it. Van Vale huffed, his hind hooves rested uneasily on the marble floor. Thank you all for coming, he said. I know that you came here with such a short distance, but there's been a development in the Great Herd's space. Well, I don't really think it's our space anymore. A rustle of muttered commotion, grunts, whispers, and shifting of petals. The ambassador from the doozy forest walls raised a foreleaf to ask for permission to speak. Van Vale granted it with a nod in her direction. Ambassador Van Vale, do you mean to tell us that the space has been taken over by force? No, no, Van Vale huffed embarrassedly. There has been no violence towards our people. It's just the race of pre-FTL sapiens is rapidly approaching consistent FTL technology. More muttering. Moreover, the species that has managed this great feat is one that we have never thought would do such a thing, not for a lack of intelligence or reposable thumbs, but through sheer natural aggression. I speak of the inhabitants of VXY-4-3, who call themselves Humanity. Benvel pressed a button on the lectern and Humanity's stats appeared on the screen behind him. Horrified noises came from every other ambassador save for the Riknatar ambassador, whose species tended to go totally still and silent when terrified. He had effectively become a statue. VXY-4-3, Van Vale explained, is a rank 6 death world. This means that while it is capable of sustaining life, the life that is involved there is so dangerous, so naturally violent, that any sapiens that do evolve will by nature have a prey predatory. This is true for humanity. They have omnivorous predators who have to consume absurd amounts of protein to keep their sapiens. The easiest way to get this protein is through killing other animals. Humans are interesting. They developed into a society about, oh, 20,000 of their years ago. Their history has been consistently marred by constant war, much to the pointlessly brutal and cruel. I won't share the images, but you can look them up if you'd like. Don't do it just after you've eaten if you are a species with digestive tracts, though. Anyways, things progressed as well as expected. They developed a functioning economy and a high-level tech, which were then used to economically predate each other. Slavery, cruel working conditions, exploitation, you know, the usual for sapient predators. They developed nuclear weapons, and we figured that was about it for them. A new image appeared on the screen, to telltale mushroom cloud left behind by the earlier nuclear weapons. This was the first time they used one. It was part of a capstone of a terrible global conflict. This bomb annihilated a city. A second image of a nuclear strike appeared. This was the second time they used one. It was the other part of the capstone, and it annihilated a second city. 
It was also the last time they used a nuclear weapon against each other. No murmuring this time, just stunned silence. The silence was eventually broken by an ambassador from the Afru Confederacy of Stars, young Lintor de la Pouf. They didn't use another one. De Luf's voice resonated powerfully through the room. They stopped. How? Once you've made two, it's easy to make more, with an aggression score as high as humanity's. Yes, that's the question, isn't it? How does a species of a death world predators with an aggression score of 16 out of 20 not obliterate themselves with nukes? That was the question my scientists tried to answer by observing humanity. What we saw was... More images on the screen showing the violent mobs typical of a species like humanity. These are conflicts from across the next century or so. Chemical weapons, near misses with using nuclear weapons, revolutions, revolts, protests, gang violence, genocides, subversive warfare. The list goes on and on. A few of them went to the moon just to prove the point to another group of them, and then didn't go back for quite some time. And all the time they were poisoning their planet, the world warmed, the climate shifted, their seas rose, and their toxic gas, toxic rain in the air. My predecessor left a note to me saying that if they didn't nuke each other, they'd choke on their own emissions. But they didn't. Ben Vale shifted his weight on his forehooves, letting his hind hooves take a break. They stopped that too. They stopped preying on each other, oh yes, that process took a lot of violence, but in many ways it was a vital for survival. They started finding alternatives to their poisoning technology and used it. Solar, wind and an awful lot of nuclear, though of course they did blow their power plants up a couple times in the process of figuring out that last one. Who doesn't? said the ambassador of the Holy Zavod constituencies. It got him a couple of amused responses. Ben Vale gave him a hard look, though it was hard to tell if he could understand it. Anyway, I came to you today to propose a theory as to how humanity is nearly at the point of leaving the world. Even though every society that we've seen from this species like theirs has effectively torn itself apart. So how many of you have heard of the Metal Zunk's theory of the aesthetic aggression? A few raised their hands, paws, or foreleaves. Okay, about half. The theory states that less naturally aggressive as a species is, the more its design and aesthetic sensibilities tends towards being beautiful. Take for example our esteemed colleagues the Dazu forest worlds, who have the lowest recorded aggression of any sapient species. It was true that Doozy had never evolved aggression. Their response to being eaten by herbivores who thought that they were tasty plant snacks was to become so unbelievably poisonous that nothing could touch them without nearly dying. In fact, they'd accidentally killed a couple of unlucky alien ambassadors before hazmat suits had become part of their diplomatic uniforms. Since nothing on their homeworld was stupid enough to take a bite out of them, they had no need to be aggressive at all. An image appeared on the screen in front of the doozy trading station. Everyone sighed with joy to see it. Such colors, such structures, whirling spirals of stems of metal, encasing stunning globes of color, light collecting lamps hanging delicately in the space around them, beaming energy back to the station. 
airlocks that looked like portals to other realities. People had been known to weep when they saw a doozy buildings for the first time. Almost entirely non-aggressive, which means they had plenty of time to perfect the art of making things pretty. My own species, on the other hoof, were peaceful herbivores, but things did try to eat us and we evolved, so we became decently aggressive to help ward predators off. Therefore, the image of the strict tech ships had appeared wasn't half as pretty as the doozy station, but it wasn't bad. The front weapons of the ship had been blended into a set of large horns that mimicked the Stratex's own. Swooping, elegant shapes swirled down to the sides. The thick armor had been decorated, but it was still on the bulk side. We have an aggression score of eight. Humans have twice that. Any guesses of what their art is like? Distressed shudders went through the room. Yeah, this is what they think is cool. New images, artwork taken from the human data files, a portrait of a huge figure in a hulking, spiked armor marching across a broken field. Twisted entities with a thousand wings battling against the horned, vicious, twisted mockeries of humanity. Clothing adorned with spikes and chains, body art designed to make the owner more threatening, coupled with pieces of metal stuck through their faces. A somewhat elegant figure, its face covered in blood. Great fangs jutting out from the upper mandibles. In the corner was an image marked as an amateur art created by a juvenile. It was a poor quality, but showed a human figure with metal wings, sharp teeth, and dark clothing, wielding vicious-looking glowing blades. About what you'd expect. But this is the important part. This is what their cities look like. This image was taken from a hidden drone in the airspace of a major urban center. Tall skyscrapers dominated the skyline. Through their slightly tinted windows, the ambassadors could see what looked like plants of certain floors, bridges, and reinforced and covered, stretching between the buildings. The ground was covered with more bright green plant life, cut across places by roads and canals. No two buildings looked exactly the same, but there were similarities. They were built of metal and glass and concrete, carefully shaped to offset the natural ugliness of their materials. Foliage, clearly born of the race's efforts to save the world from poison, broke up from harsh sights further. Stellar light glinted off almost every surface. It wasn't beautiful, strictly speaking, but it was pretty and it certainly didn't have a bunch of big black spikes menacing off of every surface. The ambassadors took a moment to ponder this. Now, I don't actually entirely agree with the theory, Ben Vale said, but the contrast between the art and the cities of humanity serves as an interesting metaphor for a people themselves. They are born from a primal, violent predatory urges. It is in their nature to be cruel and vicious. And yet, it seems that they extol the virtues of pacifism and beauty and harmony. They are constantly, consistently fighting to be better than themselves. And I shouldn't have to tell you that Aggression 16 Predatory Death Wilders are really, really good at fighting. The human race is coming to the stars. They may be violent, petty and brutish, but they are trying their hardest to be good. We've monitored their internal communications. They want to find us, and they hope that we'll be their friends. Because they're really bored of fighting.
The murmurs started up again. The ambassadors began debating the situation. The doozy ambassador spoke loudly as the rest of the room, looking straight at Venvale. What are you proposing? I am proposing we go along with it, give them a chance, trade with them, work with them, because if they prove anything, it's that death wall the predators aren't doomed to wipe themselves out, and the next lot to make it to the stars might not be so concerned with virtue. And if that happens, we're really going to want to have some friends. End of chapter.